Well, I have to start off this edition of Minna Fandom with a profuse apology. I had to take an unscheduled break last week. I was very, very sick with the virus. And I know there's many, many listeners out there that, um, you know, are addicted to this show that, uh, you know, they can't get through a week without listening to KMS and then finishing it off with Minna Fandom. So I'm very sorry. I was very, very unwell, but I'm back. Menas is back. So welcome to Minna Fandom. And I promised um, a debutante co-host and uh, actually, fuck that. I've gone right back to the beginning and, <laughs> and brought back my original co-host, um, Aussie Stooley. Jamie, welcome back to Minna Fandom. How are you? I'm good. It's good to be back. Uh, you know, it's going back to the original. Yeah, I'm not a rookie, but, you know, I'm still kind of a noob. You know, it's only my second Minna Fandom episode, so, you know, still right. kind of a rookie. So welcome back. Yeah, I I've, I've, do have some new panellists lined up. Uh, Bobby Fitz is one of them, regrettably, and also a couple of other um, fans of this show that have reached out when I put out a call for some new voices to come on the show. So they, they're going to be appearing over the coming weeks. I uh, just couldn't make the times work for this show. Um, <clears throat> so let's get into the show. As usual, for, the, for regular listeners, they know the format. We're going to wrap it up with Red's parents. What have they been watching? We've got listener questions. We've got Minifan World stuff. We've got all the show topics, but we'll start off with the the new segment. Uh, it's replacing TCB. It's called uh, "What's Happening in the Metaverse." Um, so, <laughs> just um, just wanted to break some some big news. Kirk has unblocked me on Twitter, nice. so things are back um, back really good between me and Kirk. We're doing really well. Uh, the, the Kirk Minahan show still has me blocked on Twitter, but I think that's just an oversight. I don't think Cullinane has unblocked me, but I don't think it's an intentional blocking. Um, but it is kind of annoying because Kirk often quote tweets the show and then I have yep. to go to another Twitter account to see what he's quote tweeting. <laughs> the burner. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, yeah, unblocked. So great news. Uh, you know, there's wild celebrations in my house when the news <laughs> came through. Um uh, so, yeah, uh, and then some feedback from the last Minna Fandom episode. Someone reached out to me in the DMs and said I should have titled it the Mick Pity Party. Um, but I thought Mick was great, and I, I don't think um, – did you listen to it? The la, la, two weeks with, ago? Yeah, with Mick. No, not with think, a Mick, no. Yeah, I don't I think he was too – I don't think he was bad at all. He was great. Um, so um, love Mick. Um, he's going through a rough time on Twitter. He's um, – He's getting hammered by everybody, but, you know. That's what happens when you put yourself out on one of these shows. You usually get absolutely bashed for a couple of weeks. That's right. At least he hasn't been mentioned on the main show yet. Wait till your death is wished upon you, Mick. (laughs) (laughs) Many times. I wish he'd been given an opportunity, though, with the main show to make some content. I mean, if they're going to have, you know, fuckhead Snell in there and all these morons, you know, why not be on average Mick? Cast the net. Like, there's plenty of good Minifans out there, not just Tim Canton, Tim Riggles, Snell, which was average. But, like, there's a lot of good guys that you could bring in. I mean, what else are they, who else are they bringing in? Like, come no, no, on. But did you hate Snell? He wasn't great, I'll be honest. It seemed like he was, like, he tried to go at Kirk, but it really just seemed like he was going at him in the lightest possible way just to not get, you know, completely hammered by Kirk. But, you know, that just shows the narrow foresight of um, Dave Cullinane's booking abilities. Oh, here's a Minifan that does a Minifan wrap-up show. Oh, yeah, just go come in on a Friday. Like, 
there are Mina fans that don't do wrap up shows that would be would work. Hell, you'd be good on the show, even though it would be via video, which would make it less good. But yeah, I, I could mean, definitely, you, I could be in my studio on a mic, and it would just be like I'm there. Except, yeah, Kirk like when they do interviews, even, Kirk wouldn't even have to worry about like. Um, you know, talking to me before and after the show because he could just, you know, turn the, the, the screen off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you would be good for the show and it would cause a lot of stir in the universe. Like, but, you know, he has now, I actually, some issues. I think you. the time has come for a weekly menace segment on the show. It doesn't even have to be the whole show. Maybe it's just, you know, every Thursday I'm piped in for, you know, 30, 40 minutes and there's a yeah. bit of a check-in. I bring some issues to the table. Um, we argue for a while. Uh, you know, I, I think a menace to the main show needs to gather more steam. I think Cullinane should just do it one day. You know, Kirk yeah, always I wants agree. surprise guests on a Friday. It's going to be via video link. That's all he needs to tell him, not say that it's you, and then bang, your face appears up on the television and there's we content. Go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I've actually seen on these panel shows and um, – what you can do is you can actually have a screen like you can move it like they do this on some sports shows in Australia. They put the screen as if they're sitting at the table. So you just like put a screen of me in front of Mike's chair <laughs> and it would just be like I'm there except have you I'm, seen a bit, I'm a bit flatter. Barstool Sports Pro Football Show, that's what they do with Deion Sanders. They put like a mannequin with shoulders and stuff and then just put the TV above it where the head should be. Yeah, that's that's the way they that. could do it. Yeah, and they could get a tiny kids mannequin for me. Yeah, so Milton yeah, has the baby. It, yeah. yeah, and just put that there. At the start uh, I think of the show, have the camera a little bit too high, so it's like, oh shit, we better redo the camera. But yeah, I think Cullinan just needs to do it. He's not going to get fired for it. It'll be a great show. It'll, you know, Kirk loves building up the Twitter world. Twitter world. What better way than to get Menas on? Good. I like it. Jamie, you can come on every week. Um, <laughs> just a couple of points on Snell. You know, what I really hate is, and I said this to Mick, I, I don't like people that say they're going to do something and then don't do it. And yeah. I think people that do that constantly for me, I lose respect for them um, because, yeah. you know, just deliver what you promise. It's like, you know, so Mick, he you know, tweeted out, I'm going to do this Minifan blog and he does one blog and that's it. That was two months ago. No, <laughs> no no additions to it, nothing. And and KMS Reloaded guys the same. That fucking loser from Maine does eight shows and then just stops. Oh, I don't have time. Oh, I need a press pass for the fucking baseball. I mean, what a fucking uh, prick, you know. He just clearly he was out for what he could get. As soon as, you know, there were some bumps in the road, he just backed off. How many fucking bumps in the road have I gone over with the KMS show, James? <laughs> and you're still here. <laughs> How many blocks going. have you survived? Exactly. You know? How many so deaths fucking, have we both survived, like, on the that's show? It. Like, Your brain cancer. Um, yep. Yeah, it was actually really good year last year not to be on Kirk's death list that much. Like, he just would not mention me, but he also wouldn't ask me to be dead. <laughs> that's so. it. But, you know, sometimes it's nice to see a name appear on a list, especially three or four times, and with the <laughs> reasons as well. death list. <laughs> yeah, just to remind it, any, any publicity is good publicity, you know, so. And just the final bit of news in the Meniverse. Um, so... I know a lot of listeners out there were really upset to hear of Charlie's passing a month ago. Well, we have two new cats. My wife brought home these brothers, and get this, their breed is from Maine. They are Maine Coon cats. Oh, uh, so they're, I think they're slight cross, but they're they're from Maine. So you know, I'm, I've, I mean, I've I've wanted to touch and stroke some pussies from Maine before <laughs> and now I get to, to, to do two of them uh, whenever I want. I don't have to fly anywhere. 
Um, they, so, uh, yeah, really thrilled to have uh, finally get my hands on some main pussy. Um, <laughs> all right. Anyway, they're cute cats. They're called Milo and Garfield. Um, yeah, I'm hoping to get my hands on a pussy at some stage as well soon, but uh, it's, it's taking some time. <laughs> what, Tinder? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, right, you let, know. Let's get into the show stuff. What's been happening in the KMS world? And I just want to start off with one thing. I fucking hate content, Kim. I think she mm-hmm. is a fucking bitch. You know what she comes across as? One of these fucking idiots that pretends to be really nice. You see all these pictures on Barstool of her handing out cookies and going around the office and being motherly. I bet when she gets home and she's behind closed doors, she is a fucking cunt. I have no oh, yeah. doubt she's a fucking bitch. And it's all a fucking act. Kirk is 100% right. Um so the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Alex is probably not far behind her, but I'm telling you, as soon as Content Kim is behind closed doors, she would be a snake. Yeah, I mean, you look at the yak where they, you know, tried to ask how she was with Kirk now, and she, we know she hates him. Like she, she doesn't understand what's content and what's not content. She just everything she takes is like serious. Whereas you know, Kirk's trying to build up a fight, trying to make money for her daughter, who's you know about as boring as they come, and. You know, she just takes it all to heart. And even like a couple of months down the road, she still hates him because of the things he said. He's trying to build a fucking fight, woman. Like, if you can't handle the content, get out of the game. It's what he said to Eric Nardini two years ago, and she adapted. Content Kim isn't long for this bastard world. Like, she just can't hack it. And you're right. As soon as she goes home to her husband, who isn't the rich one, as Kirk always reminds us, it's probably bitch, bitch, bitch about this. And, you know, as Alex gets older, she'll probably be the same. I feel bad for Graham. Seems like a nice guy. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure about Graham. I mean, I mean, I like Alex. Him. When Alex is in her boxing gear, like she's a smoke show, but that's about it. That's <laughs> so the only thing I account then. No, but um, <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Actually, it's not a bad idea. Maybe it's a long weekend coming up. Will give me something to do. Um, yeah, I, I just fucking. Ugh, she just the, the photos of content Kim just drive me nuts. I've it's seen like, people like this before. You know, she is a snake. She's two people. And like I, I listen to the yak. I watch it on YouTube pretty much every day. And when she's in there handing out her fucking cocktails, you know, trying to get him drunk, it's like it's it's all an act. It's like you're not a nice person. Stop pretending. Big Cat can see right through it. The way he interacts with her now since the fight, he gets it. But it's just all an act. I hate mm. Tank as well. Get get Frank the Tank off the yak as well. But that, okay, I, I, don't, I don't I don't watch the yak. Is it worth watching? It is because it is. Pretty much just they talk about random shit. There's no set topics. Like Stephen Che tries to put shit in, but it's just they go all over the place. They do funny visual stuff, so that's why it's better to watch the YouTube. But, you know, Tank Thursdays is, is crap, and I can see Big Cat starting to get tired of that as well. And that seems to be the day that Content Kim brings in her cocktails, you know, KKK. Cocktails with Content Kim. Yeah, fuck it's, just a, it's just an Oklahoma thing, I guess. But, yeah, the yak's good. But, yeah, I could do without the Tank and uh, Content Kim every Thursday. I don't get the I don't get Frank the Tank. Like he's fat, we get it. Like who cares? Like there's plenty of fat people. Kirk had Shattuck on, but he, at least he's got some substance. Tank is just yes, a, a lot of substance. Uh, Shattuck, there's a lot. Yeah. Of, he had a lot of substance before the show, no doubt. Yeah. Well, he got some off his wife for sure, but uh, uh, uh what? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm no Frank the Tank fan. Uh, yeah, I don't no, know either. what he brings to the world. All right. Um, so next bit of show stuff, um, you know, a, a historic moment for Kirk Minahan in the latest show, Thursday show, and and, and I, he he and, and just just 
backing up. What have like wild two weeks of shows it's been, you know, yeah. Ryan Whitney hung over two weeks ago, you know, Tom Shattuck coked up on uh, Sunday. And, and then this week we had, um, you know, Fred Couples on the show. So Kirk finally. What? Big Steve returning. Oh, yeah, fuck that. Um, <laughs> I guess well, I'll ask you about that soon. But uh, So Friday, finally, Kirk gets uh, Fred Couples on. Uh, it, was, it was a fine interview. I think, like, uh, look, let's not kid ourselves. I think for most of the listeners, the joy of Couples getting on is not the content of the interview because it was fine, but it, it was golf talk. But it yeah. was more hearing Kirk so happy. Like, yeah. it, it's something Minna fans rarely here, you know, once in a blue moon. And yep. he was so happy to be interviewing his hero. Uh, it made me happy seeing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I know you didn't hear it yet. You, you'll love it. Um, he he does a couple of things, though, that are funny. So um, the first question, well, firstly, Kirk was late. Unbelievably, the interview was at nine and he was two minutes late. So Cullinane was on the phone stalling Fred Couples, um, <laughs> which is crazy when you think that Kirk has been trying to get this interview yeah. for so long and he just fucking swinging Dick Minahan walks in two minutes late just to um, Big time play game. the alpha move. Yeah. I just, I kind of want to know did Dave take credit for booking him? Because, you know, we heard on the show Wednesday, well, was it, I think. It was, yeah. Where Riggs Cullinane should take, yeah, Cullinane should take no credit. So yeah. I've done this, the credit pie. So um, credit, 90% of the credit goes to Kirk because yep. Kirk is so talented. Uh, the foreplay guys have built up a good relationship with Kirk and asked him on their mm-hmm. live show in Boston a couple of months ago. So um, 90% of the credit goes to Kirk and his talent uh, for fostering that relationship with foreplay. Yep. And then the other 10%, you can probably give like uh, 9% to Kevin Kisner, the golfer that I think arranged the interview with couples because uh, it's around the President Cup. And I'll give 1% to Riggs for just putting a good word in. And yeah. 0% for Carl. All Carl did was say it was a lock and get rejected yeah. by Lynn Roach. Everything's a fucking lock with Big Carl. And this is the first guest we've had on for ages. So, no, no credit to Dave. Hundred percent, no, no, no credit to Dave. It's all it, Riggs probably got it over the line with his meeting with him. But yeah, Kevin Kisner and obviously Kirk Minahan, like his knowledge of golf, his love for Freddie Couples, and all of his history—that's what got it over the line. Yeah, Cullinane so just... Cullinane did nothing for it. It was dumb luck that the interview happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and you know, I've been in Kirk's situation. You know, I was uh, desperate to get a certain cricketer on my cricket podcast for a few years. And finally, when it happened, you know, it's a pretty good feeling when you finally get to interview that white whale, that that guest you've always wanted, that hero yeah. that you really admire. So I'm just so happy for Kirk that he was able to do what I did a while ago. I think it's, it's a real thrill. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had on, I do a football show and we had my idol in football on for an episode and I was, my co-host had to take over because I couldn't talk properly for the first five minutes. Cause I was just, you know, it was the guy I built my whole game off. So yeah, I know the exact feeling that you had and now Kirk has had. Yeah. For, fortunately, Kirk and I could still talk. That's why. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was struggling. <laughs> uh, there was one moment though, where I think Kirk's first or second question was, uh, wouldn't it be better if America lost the president's cup? And and Fred was like, "Have you got any more questions?" Like he was kind of he was joking, but um, 
I, I feared that this could go the way of the Michael Imperioli interview yeah. that Kirk was going to uh, upset Fred. Fred would give him a bit of lip and then all of a sudden, you know, in two weeks, you know, Kirk's wishing brain cancer upon Fred Couples. <laughs> yep, join the club. But, I mean, it's different, Bob, because – you know, Kirk loves Freddie Couples. He's followed his entire career. He knows his second or third wife, whatever he it is the now, Sopranos, when they got married though. and everything. So, he, well, not anymore he doesn't. But uh, He used to, and he loved Imperioli. That would have been interesting if it did go that way and all of a sudden he just hated golf. <laughs> like That would be funny. So, anyway, it's a great day for Kirk. Congratulations. Yep. You mentioned before Big Steve returning to the show, Jamie. What did you yep. think? I loved it. You're a Steve I, guy. I just loved the nostalgia of it like getting the guy who created the show so many of the jokes getting to play all the drops it was just good to hear him again i wish he was i mean i'm a cullinane guy but it would be awesome if we could somehow have both of those guys working for the show maybe cullinane can be the new justin and then steve can just do the proper technical stuff but it would just cost kirk way too much money but it, it was just good to have steve back in that mm. in that role trying to weed in a bit of politics talk much like shattuck did and just, you know, Dave Cullinane's uncomfortableness as much as he denied it. You could just tell there was that power dynamic. Steve is oh, absolutely. The yeah, guy. Steve's the alpha. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Steve pulled the alpha movie, you know, purposely turned up late, a bit like Kirk did today, just to, yep. as I said, set the ground rules that, you know, Kirk's no longer his boss and just wandered in and sat down in the producer's chair like um, nothing had happened. Yeah, didn't acknowledge it, just straight into recording the show. Well, took over from Cullinane, so at least at least Cullinane got to turn it all on. Steve didn't have to do any of the hard lifting, but I I hope it happened. I'd love to see him in at least once a month. I know it probably yeah. won't happen, but it was it was just good to have him back. Yeah. And you I know you you've always been a cull guy as well. Like you sort of yeah. you know, you're pretty you like both of them, but you know. So you know, Kirk always used to say for a long time in his mind the show was Steve, Mike, and Kirk, and then just yeah. recently, you know, he started to feel it's you know Carl, Mike, and Kirk. Well, what's your sort of what's your ideal show in your brain? I think I think now it is you know the Kirk, Mike, and Carl show, but Steve's got to be involved somewhere. Whether he's doing something once every now and then, like a little segment that he sends into them, like a review of Cullinane's performance once a week, just like a quick one minute or two minute thing on the, on the Instagram or something would be nice. But it, for me nowadays, it's definitely Cullinane's seat. He hasn't done as many shows, but that's because they don't do five a week anymore, but it's definitely Kirk, Mike and Cull. Mm. And I wish Mike was in three nights, three days a week. Cause he's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think some of the strengths of Cullinane, Ah, that he's fun and he's happy to do the dumb shit. Whereas I think yeah. that used to frustrate Steve. What I think the dream would be you had someone with Carl's attitude, but with Steve's ability to actually do things like, <laughs> like there's, you know, there's like Carl doesn't like Carl doesn't do what Steve did and like put a roadblock up for Minifans to do content or, yeah. or dox them and do that stuff. But he also just won't do fuck all. Like he's just a lazy shit. You know, he does bare minimum. So yeah. we don't he get any extra shock. stuff. Yeah. And he does, he, he, you know, he's busy. I'm not saying he doesn't work hard. Uh, well, maybe, I don't know if he does, but he works. He turns up. He might not have, before the case started, he might not have worked as hard as he was during the case. But when he started to get really down and toxic towards the Minifans is when the case was happening. So you can see the massive amount of work he was putting in, you know, going down to South Carolina to do the investigations probably took a toll on him and that's why he became toxic. If they never did a case, and thank God they did because, you know, there's now a murderer being charged, you know, we may still have Steve and Cullinane may still be miserable at the Jerry Callahan show. 
Mm. Well, uh, just on the case, I mean, what I can't believe is in the last two or three weeks, we've had three podcasts make huge impact on investigations. We had the Teacher's Pet podcast where Chris Dawson was convicted of murdering his wife. Then we had the Serial podcast where Adnan Saeed was released. And we had the case where due to their investigations in conjunction with a lot of good police work, they were able to arrest um, Kevin Mailer for, for the murder. Yeah. So that's and, – and of those three, the case and the teacher's pet has been headlines all around the world. Yeah. And the case has got nothing. And you know why it's got nothing? Because of fucking Barstool, Jamie. Because I'm telling you what, if, if the people on your own team aren't pushing you, fucking no one else yeah. is. No one's going to do is. it for you, Jamie. And it makes me so angry because yeah. we all support Kirk. We all love him. We all want his shows to do well. They should be fucking reporting on this – Every couple of days on the Barstool website, what their fucking employee did and those fucking losers in New York, just let it fly by, just yep. let it go away and nothing has happened about it. And as I said, if, if people in your team aren't supporting you, no one's going to pick up the story. Yep. So fuck them. They can go fuck themselves. They can all jump off a bridge with content, Kim. Jump off the fucking Brooklyn <laughs> Bridge, you cunts. I mean, you know, Big Steve, to his credit, he used to blog the show. You know how many blogs he would have fucking written if he was still the producer about this, and he would have been pumping it. But you're right; they talked about it briefly on the on the part of my take where they mentioned just Kirk solving a crime. But Kirk put it right: the serial podcast released a murderer. The case put one kept keeps one behind bars for probably a long time, if not life. So I don't understand why Dave Portnoy wasn't making it to you. I know he had him on the podcast, but you know that's not enough. You need to get you know Erica should have had him on. Dave should have had him on for longer. The guys that do macro dosing, PFT and Big T, they should have had him on. As much as Kirk would have hated that, at least it's a big podcast that can get the talk happening. Can't really do much on Spit and Chicklets, which is their other big thing. But they should have had people blogging it, promoting it, smashing it out there. Because, yeah, if Barstool's not, why the hell would anybody else do it? It's almost like Barstool was ashamed that Kirk Minahan did this amazing work and has kept keeping a murderer behind bars. Like, it is it's disappointing bullshit. that they, they see it like that. bullshit. Fucking KFC Radio, one of the biggest podcasts. Should have been talking about it. Joe Rogan should be going to Kirk Minahan saying, I want to talk to you for a couple of hours because that would have been a mate. Kirk with Joe just talking about how they did it and where they went and the lengths they went and how long they were working would be a great episode. But he won't do it because he probably saw a little bit pop up on Twitter, but there was no buzz around it. So what's the point? What's the benefit in it for Joe Rogan? Because mm. Barstool just hasn't supported him. Yeah, Jerry Callahan didn't even do much on it. And yeah, he doesn't have a huge reach, but like 10, 10 minutes on one episode about your old partner who made you all the money you have solving a murderer, like like a cult, like not even just a recent one, like 30, 40 years old. Like, yeah, Barstool's dropped the ball on this one, absolutely mm. dropped the ball. And I'm a stoolie, like I'm a minna fan and a stoolie, and they just, yeah, it's really disappointing. They have this talent and they're just doing nothing with it. And, you know, you hear Dave Portnoy talk about how he's regional. Motherfucker, if you talked about the case more, he could be international. You know, he's, it's a true crime, which is huge now, and he solved the murder up with what, the work they did. If you pumped it up more and promoted it more, not only would the company be making money, but, you know, they'd be, he would be international. You would be able to get more ads on the Kirk Minahan show because of it because we've heard people call in that listen to the Kirk Minahan show because they like the case. Obviously, it's a totally different world, and they probably don't understand, and they might not have stayed around long, but Kirk yeah, is – well, for us, he's international. You think about it. One week of promotions by Barstool and this story would be everywhere. And you know what? If, if I was Dave Cullinane, if I was the producer, I would be making this happen. I would be you, speaking you to people at Barstool every day and saying, look, 
this is not good enough uh, because Kirk is the way he is. And he, you know, he doesn't like to push. He, he, you know, he, yeah. part of his brand is to stick, stay in his lane. And, you know, he says, like, you know, his relationship with Barstool, I don't ask them for them to do much and they don't ask me to do much. He's happy with that. But Cullinane should be pushing this. Yeah. This should be a constant thing on his agenda, getting promotion for what they've done. And, yeah. you know, uh, as I said, three podcasts in the last couple of weeks have made significant impact in murder investigations. And unfortunately, Kirk's has just flown under the radar when it should be fucking big news. It should be the biggest news because his work led to charges against an already man already behind bars and probably will lead to more, as Kirk said. It's just it's unfathomable. Cullinane should have mm. I, I don't even know if Cullinane blogged it. Chris Clemmer should have fucking blogged it. And none of these bullshit blogs. You want to get back in the Minifan world. You want to be in the good books with Kirk. Blog about it. Promote the shit out of it. Barstool promotes that stupid Mean Girls pod. Barstool, you know, that stupid Mean Girls pod because they're trying to pretend it's Caller Daddy. No, it's fucking not. Caller Daddy was massive. Mean Girls is nothing. And, you know, to just let Kirk Minahan sit there in Boston like like he's forgotten, especially after he's done what he's done with the the case, is incredible. The amount of money they could have spent like got from advertisers for the season two of the case, if they'd actually promoted it, would be out of like they wouldn't be That's able to be out of the world. Like, yeah. but you know, they've let it slip and they probably will again when he solves another murder in season three of the case. Mm. So yeah. Season two coming out twenty twenty six. Can't wait. Um <laughs> all right, next show topic. And look, I'm gonna put this on record. I'm a Tom Shattuck guy. I like the guy. He's been yeah. on in a fandom. I've called in his radio show. I know my co uh, co host today, Jamie's been on Burn Barrel Pod with Alice yep. and Tom. So Hello, um, listener. Yeah, well, what did you think of Tom's appearance? I, I liked it. A little bit a little bit too political. But Tom has the ability to be fun and stupid and take the piss out of himself, which I think is is good for the a guest in that third chair for the Kirk Minahan show. I I, I really enjoyed it. I like Tom. Like, mm. I want to see like more of him. Done lines of coke, or I mean, Montante had a theory that he'd taken some Adderall beforehand, and that's why he was so hopped up. What well, do you if think? you listen if you listen to the Burn Barrel podcast, the, the running joke is that Alice does coke. So maybe, you know, Tom went over to her drawer, snuck some out before the show because he was a little bit nervous. Maybe he did that with some Adderall because he was definitely high energy, but he is pretty high energy on his on the Burn Barrel podcast. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that he was just Tom, Tom Shattuck, a bit of nerves. But, yeah, there's definitely a chance that he's taken some of Alice's uh, booger sugar and had some fun <laughs> on the show. Yeah, because, I look, I didn't mind the show or anything. I didn't think it was, like, a great episode, if I'm being honest. you know, oh, yeah, It the, wasn't a top tier. No, it's, you know, bottom 50, maybe bottom 30% of Kirk Minahan shows in its history, and that that's no criticism on Tom, you know, no. first time in there. Um, I, I just felt that, you know, there, so there was a weird rhythm to, to the show. And as Kirk said, you know, just – Tom brought up some of the weirdest people and weirdest <laughs> yeah. um, stories. And, you know, you haven't listened to the latest KMS episode, but there's a huge controversy controversy about, you know, when did, is it Keith McClern or, um, you know, Shattuck, you know, is <coughs> sticking to his guns that this guy was in Kirk's year at school. And Kirk's saying, no, he wasn't. And Kirk Tom's saying he is. And then they looked up the yearbook and he wasn't. And Tom's still saying he was in the same year oh, and telling Kirk, asking Kirk why he's lying about it. You got to take that L, Tom. <laughs> you got to take the L. Yeah, absolutely. And it's very easy to prove. Kirk just needs to take a photo of his yearbook and put, but you're not going to do that because you're doxing people. But mm. 
you know, <laughs> you got to take the L sometimes, Tom. And the funny thing for me, listening to the Burn Barrel, some of those stories about, you know, the airplane flight with the girl watching the movie right when they were landing, it was just recycled for me. So you heard it just before? Nice. Yeah, well, he did it on the show like last week on the Burn Barrel. So if you listen I to mean, the Burn Barrel, there weren't any stories. He's not – I wouldn't call him a captivating storyteller, old Tom Shattuck. Um, no. It, it certainly uh, went on for a while, never really tied up. Um, but that's and okay. It was amusing. It's, it's, you yeah. know, he's like Peter King. And he's, you know, he's fun. He's got high energy, which Kirk always asks for with people that come on the show or that are doing radio to have high energy, and he has that. And I really hope Alice comes on the show now. I know Tom's forbidding it, but I think that would be awesome. That would be a great show. Yeah, I've only heard her a few times. What's she like? She's really – she is, like, as Tom said, she's very religious, very conservative, but – I think Kirk can play with that. Steve was very conservative and religious and he worked Steve into this amazing character. I think it would, it might not be a two hour show like it was with Tom, but it would be a good hour and a half if she comes in and they have some fun, especially with some of the topics that the conservatives have gone crazy about recently in America. So I think they should yeah. have her on. Okay, Plus this, it's is her, just- this is her Twitter description. Gen, Gen Y conservatarian pro-life feminist mother. So yep. you're pro-life and a feminist. So you you're hap- you you're a feminist, but women can't decide what they do with their own body. That is a bit contradictory. <laughs> Hypocrite. Um, but I I think it would even be good just to have her in for Kirk to put shit on. Like, why are you married to him? Like, you know, this forty-nine-year-old man with this thirty. Yeah, early so, 30s, so what happened there? Like, uh, yeah, Tom told me something about like grooming her from a young age. I can't remember how it worked <laughs> out. I'm in a fan, but he did allude to. I think there was some like Stockholm syndrome, or you know, it's got to be something like. Or is she just like, looking at that big paycheck in a couple yeah, of years' big, time when Tom does car? Okay, she's like, I can just yeah. deal with it for a few more years. But you know, she was a big conservative talk radio person, and Tom was in that world, so she'd be at a lot of like live events and things like that. And I think that's how they met initially. And yeah, so she and the was grooming literally attracted to his talent, like. You know, she hears Apparently. a story like the plain one. She's like, oh, Tom, keep talking. Tell me yeah. more. And she's like, I need this story to her. finish. Yeah, look, uh, look, you know, come inside me, but I'm keeping the baby. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jesus. I wonder yeah. if he had to marry her to fuck her. Because if she's really religious, it she could have be, held yeah. the, the, you know, like waved her pussy in front of him as a little. And he would have done it in a heartbeat, you know. Absolutely. He's he's attractive got, you know, blonde he, woman. Yeah, as if he was getting laid before that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, he, yeah. Hey, I'll marry you, sure. If I get that's a no-brainer. Absolutely. Like, what, what, we've been dating for two weeks? Yeah, done. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it, yeah. Uh, uh, you, uh, you, uh, you want to put that in here? Okay, well, let's get married. Okay. Got to put I a will. ring on it, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> what about anal? Oh, no way. Um, yeah, not conservative. It's worked out for her, but, I mean, she's going to get a massive payday in a few years' time. Yeah. Unless Tommy does lose 120 pounds, which I'm rooting for. I hope he does. But I just couldn't imagine Tom thin-ish. It'd be weird. He was sweating a lot in that show. That sort of goes to the coke, doesn't it, But like, mm. <laughs> Accelerating the heart rate. There was some weird psychology when Shattuck said that uh, Linda Pizzuti was probably attack- attracted to John Henry. I think oh, yeah. Yeah, he was I mean, projecting his own situation. Exactly. Why that. couldn't it be attraction? Like, yeah. why couldn't it be real and not about money? <laughs> I um, mean, when we know Kirk likes to have the temperature in that, like that studio, really cold. So how you're sweating in that is, you know, it does. Maybe he did get a bit of a Alice's stash, which she's not going to be happy about. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, how the, the the question was posed: How often should Tom 
be on the KMS show. I think Cullinane said never, but then he said sort of maybe once a month. Kirk sort of said maybe once every three months. Yeah, that's probably more accurate. Every three no, months. No, I actually reckon once a week. Well, no, once a month would be good. Once a month. You reckon? Uh, yeah, because I think like he's. we need to get him in the world and keep him more dialed in so he doesn't bring up rep- references from two years ago. So he, he brings up more current references. And, um, yeah, yeah, so I'd like him in once a month. Tom is fascinated by Kirk and he's – fascinated by Kirk's talent. Even when he was on Minna Fandom, he started talking about some of the stuff um, that he asked Kirk on the main show about. Like Tom's really fascinated how he went from sort of being in the baseball cards to then, yeah. you know, 10 years later being a star on Boston Radio because, you know, it's Tom's dream that he's never been able to realise. But So he's fascinated by how Kirk was able to do it. Connecticut Radio, just as good, you know, not really, but, you know, Connecticut Radio. While I was, called in there while I was away. I tried to listen to his normal radio show, but it's through Odyssey, and I'm just not going to betray Kirk like that. So that's not how I'm doing. But uh, once a month, once every two months, two months would probably be the ideal amount. It's not too much. It gives enough okay. time for the world to, you know, go around and embrace him, but it's also not, you know, over flooding the market. Three months might just be a little bit too long between drinks. Two months would be good. One's, I think, just too frequent. But, Shattuck. I mean, we've got no one else on a Friday, so no, no. for now we should probably So I'd like to see oh, that yeah. once a that month. That was great. piling onto him. Uh, so well done, Tom Shattuck. Um, wait till you, today's episode was funny. Wait till you hear it where they're talking about this guy from um, school and should they call Shattuck <laughs> and talk to him about it. Oh, they call um, him nice. They nice. call him again. And he's giggling away with that fucking laugh. Um <laughs> Kevin and Mike Montante, they released an episode this morning and they were saying that Tom Shattuck has a great voice. Do you think he has a great voice? Uh, Not really. Like, I don't know. When I think of great voices, I think of like Al Michaels, the NFL guy on now Amazon, Kirk Herbstreet, another good voice. Kirk Minahan, obviously, great voice. Um, But I don't know. It's just... It just sounds like a typical Tucker Carlson conservative voice. Like it's just – it's generic. It's not a bad voice, though. It's not bad, yeah, but you could just plug that into any AM radio talk station and that would be your, your midday guy. Like it's not like Kevin, it doesn't stand out. Kevin was talking about just like it was some amazing vocal and, skills, but no good. I, I'm, I'm glad I listen to his voice a lot. Like I listen to the Burn Barrel every day when it's out, Sunday to Thursday, and yeah, I just you, you poor know, bastard, just you poor fucking bastard. Alice That's has a nice so voice. Boring. <laughs> it's just it's you know so driving boring. trains. You, you need to do something to yeah get you through. But you know, Alice has a nice voice. When I first started listening to the Burn Barrel, I thought she was his daughter. Honest to God. <laughs> and then you find out, oh shit, it's his wife. What? Oh, uh, yeah, I reckon they probably play daddy play daddy daughter in the bedroom as well. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, did you hear the show on Wednesday where Kirk came in an absolutely shit mood? You know, he was just down about everything. I mean, fucking Dave Cullinane's kids made it a really short show. So, yep. you know, they started late. Cullinane's such a fucking idiot. He books an interview for 12. They weren't starting till 10.30. The guy can't do simple maths. That means we only get an hour and a half show, yeah. you fucking vacuous idiot. So, yep. I mean, you're the one with the kids. So you should have known I have to push the interview back to like one or two so we get 
you know, a proper two Decent and a half show hour is. show. Yes. Yeah. Don't um, turn on the minifans, Dave. Mm. Short shows, you know, that doesn't go on Kirk. That goes on the producer because that's the producer's planning. Steve never mm. gave a short shows unless Kirk demanded it. That's but right. yeah, I like how Kirk's like next producer. Um, we're going to make sure they don't have kids. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Yeah, mean, not not in a my good kids movie. are teenagers. They don't need much Kirk. So just saying, they're self reliant. The way. So yeah, I, I, people were sort of asking me, was I worried about Kirk? Did I think he was having a really bad day? And, just didn't it didn't come across to me to be in a really dark place. Just a bit annoyed with life. I think just Cullinane annoyed him. You know, yet again, the kids is an excuse for why he can't do the show at a certain time. You know, it's been a few times this past couple of weeks that he's used that as an excuse, and I think it's just starting to be like, come on, Dave, like you know when we do the show, you know how long the show is going to be. Fucking sort it out. You've been doing it for over a year now. Come on, pull your head in. Mm. Don't and the free couples the interview came along at the, the best time because if Kirk was feeling a bit low on Wednesday, then for the next day <laughs> to interview his um, childhood hero, his favourite golfer yep. of all time, then any of those um, feelings would have disappeared. So I'm glad that it couldn't have been better timing. Yeah, it should be good for another five or six months now as long as Cullinane doesn't fuck it up. Mm. And, again, I'm a Cullinane guy. I don't know why I'm putting so much shit on him, but, you know, it's yeah. just been a couple of weeks where he's not been the greatest. And Steve, Steve coming back, you know, Ooh, big call. sort of shown us what we can have, and I think that's why we're like, come on, Cullinane, you got to do better. A bit <laughs> of Stockholm Syndrome for the Minna fans, you know. We've just gotten used to his mistakes, <laughs> whereas you didn't have yeah. that with Steve. Yeah, I'm I'm a Cullinane guy. I've accepted him for his inadequacies. Um, it is. Speaking of Cullinane's inadequacies, there was a good call today. So a caller suggested to Cullinane that uh, on the microphones, now they're doing more video content, they should get rid of those big pop filters that cover the face of the guests and just get on. Like, you can probably see it on my mic, just a, a little foam pop filter little foam top, that yeah. you put on the top and that way you get a better view of the guest. Yeah, and Which it I does the same job. So. What? Yeah. It does the same job as what my, like, I have. Yeah, pop and Cullinane's like, oh, no, I'm not going to do that because it's worked. I mean, you can get better, Dave. <laughs> Things can improve. Exactly. You don't have to accept being average at stuff. I mean, Steve did that because they didn't have video. Kirk didn't want YouTube. Now you do, so you have to adapt with the changing climate. And my other thing is, you know, the – and you so, you know, I've been privileged enough to to be in the, the main show studios, host the show there, <laughs> um, you know, sit with Mike and Kirk and the whole gang. So, you know, I'm one of the team. And um, <laughs> the, the, the microphone stand and the chairs are not set up properly. Like you have to – as the guest, you kind of have to sit on the edge of the chair and lean forward to get a good um, access to the microphone. So they, I think you could do a couple of things. Either get a desk for the guest to sit at mm. so they can sit up and the microphone can be in a good spot, get different chairs or get a proper telescopic arm so people can sit in the chair and have the microphone near their mouth with yeah. a pop filter. And that you can see like Whitney uh, in his show, he's hung over as fuck. He's doing Kirk a favour. And he, every time he leaned back, they'd say, oh, can you come a bit closer to the mic? I mean, Dave, you've been in there long enough. Get a telescopic arm, get a new chair, do something. I love the idea of a desk for the guest because I'm guessing Kirk's desk is going to maybe have a partner in the future if there's a desk there for the third guest. Mm. But, yeah, the, it's not hard for, to get a boom mic. I mean, me and my co-host, we work on a fucking budget and he has one for his thing. I have a desk, but he has the boom mic that he's able to bring it right up underneath his chin. I can still see him clearly. There's no problem with the video feed. And we are running on our own budget, Kirk. 
Kirk is working with Barstool Sports. Dave, surely you can figure something out. Like, it, oh, but it's extra work. You don't have to spend money. Oh, yeah, one day. One day of trying just, to sort the he levels just likes out again. To like, make do as little as possible when it comes to those types seemingly, of things. Unfortunately, yeah. um, you know, it's not that he has a bad attitude, but I think um, he just likes to cruise, cruise Lazy and culinate, cruise <laughs> and culinate. Um, anything you want to um, bring up about the show uh, from the last couple of weeks? Uh, did you like Whitney? Anything that I missed that you want to talk about? I, I always like Whitney. Whitney suits the show. So good. If he didn't have spit and chiclets, I'd say he could be a regular guy, like at least once a week. But, you know, he has other things that he's building his empire. Mm. But loved Whitney. The Snell episode and then they're constantly trying to bring him in as a worker to do the Justin role when he just wants to be an on-air talent. That's just, you know, he wouldn't have even been a good Justin. I miss Justin. But no, it's, it's been good. Back? We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> but, it, I mean, he does good work. He does good work with the video graphics. So, and, you know, he, means Cullinane can maybe focus on more important things like booking guests and sorting out the studio so it's more visually pleasing to the the listeners. Although Kirk doesn't really care about what we see in here. So it doesn't maybe that's not high on his level of priorities. But I've I've enjoyed the show. It's been great. Some of the interviews have been awesome. Some of the guests have been below average, but I'd love to see Mike three days a week and then, you know, get some a fourth guy to come in on that Friday, like a polar, because Polar was awesome. I enjoyed him. Mm. But yeah, it's been. I, I got nothing to complain about with right, the show. Good. Like, great. All right. Well, let's great. get into the Minifan world stuff. Um, so there's been a bit of a, a, a content void in the last few weeks, but there's been a couple of um, things that popped up. So I was so proud of myself. I have to say, very, very proud of myself. So Montante released an episode with Adam and Ned, uh, Montante's world. Have you heard it? No, but I like yes, Adam so- and Ned. They're both good okay. guys. Yeah, yeah. You, it's a very offensive episode. A lot of racial stereotypes. But <laughs> okay. uh, in in the episode, uh, Montante used an accent, and and I tweeted oh, out boy. the accent, and he used it a few times. And you know, what what annoys me about Mike is he, you know, he just he's such an attention seeker. He just has to keep doing it over and over. Like find a new bit other than being racist. Like find a new <laughs> joke. Right. So. But then I'm watching the US office and I'm in the second season and Michael Scott's doing his impression of Ping. Um, he's doing his Asian impression of Ping. Um, in, and so I don't know, like I can, obviously it's, you shouldn't be doing it, but yeah. if Michael Scott in the office can do it, I'm going to say Mike Montante can do it. But how long ago did Michael Scott from The Office do that? Season yeah, like two, that 10, would have been a long... years ago. Yeah, so maybe it was a different climate back then. I think now it's a different type of world. So, yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah, so it was accents are never great. But what, what really made me happy was I tweeted the case podcast because Montante just, just said the dumbest thing about the case, about them solving the murder, you know, like a – someone trying out for a football team, but they get picked up by a baseball scout. And I, you know, I I clipped the audio and I sent it to the case and it made me so happy that they played it on the main show and then (laughs) laughed at Montante about it. I must've listened to that bit of the main show about 10 times just to listen to those uh, guys laughing at Montante's ludicrous statement. I mean, did you, what what was he talking about? I I didn't get it at all. Like they did the case to try and, sort of shed light on the the situation from something local close to home. They didn't do it. They, they weren't trialing to be detectives in Boston and then end up being detectives in. Mm. Like it was in, just bizarre analogy by like, Montante. Yeah, and I was so just, glad they made fun of him. And uh, yeah, yeah Montante's a great guy, but just 
I can't tell you how satisfying it was um, for that I'd to happen. I'd love to see him back on the show. I'd like to see him back on mm. the main show again. I thought he was good. I Kirk, you know, he, Absolutely. He's a little racist, I mean, but Kirk doesn't seem to mind. He worked with Jerry for yeah. years. <laughs> but, I mean, this is the thing. Like a few people like Tom Shattuck won't go on his show. John Stewart won't go on his show. Mike Montantes. And I'm like, yeah, that's why you've got to stop the stupid racist jokes because yeah. it actually like someone like Tom Shattuck works at a radio station. He exactly. can't go on your show if you're putting out audio where you're doing Asian accents. Like yeah. the payoffs – the payoff's not worth it. Like, it's not that funny. It's not that They're not going to get that many extra listeners either. Like, if they do exactly. go on the show, they could, it could cost them their job or, hey, maybe they pick up five mm. extra listeners. Well, like, someone said to us, oh, you know, Tom went on the show and look at him, you know, doing the Asian accent. All of a sudden, Tom's fired or warned. That's so, it. Yeah. Or he's laugh, just laughing at Montante doing the Asian accent. He'll get him yes. fired. So, yeah, no, it's just not worth it. That's why they come on this show because mm. you know it's not it's going to be controversial, but it's not going to be racist or anything. They get them fired, and they're going to get exactly. a th- thousands of more listeners to their his, his Odyssey program. So exactly, if he came on Minute, like I'm sure when Shadow came on Minute Fandom, his radio show went through the roof. Like no he doubt, got a lot and of I'm actually really glad. Listeners. Yeah, and I'm actually really glad because you know I thought maybe after Tom's appearance on Minute Fandom that Kirk would you know, ban him from the main show because things went a bit sour after Tom came on in a fandom, um, <laughs> as always seems to happen when people come on the show and then Kirk listens to it. But then, you know, things subsided and, um, you know, I you know, went to Boston on a peace, peacemaking mission and successfully did that. Um, it's amazing that in between Sorry, you getting on. back, you getting back from Boston to now you've been blocked, barred from the show again, and now you're unblocked again and he's opening mm. up. It's just – but, you know, like you said earlier, at least you're sticking by. You know, you've never left the show. Kirk might have yeah. hated you, wished death on you, but you stick with it. You keep producing the content for the Minifan world. Others would have fallen a long time ago. Mm, so, yes, yeah, so I'm glad Tom got brought in. I'm glad and I hope yeah. it's a regular thing. So, you know, we're talking about people who can't go on Montantes. Well, someone that can go on is Kevin from Bristol. So he went <laughs> on, they did a, a long chat, and there was some really, you know, touching moments there. Um, Kevin blamed the vaccine for all his mistakes in the KMS world. Like, you know, he, he oh. claims that the vaccine made him, you know, message Kirk about being in the Hall of Fame. He claims, you know, the vaccine changed his personality and made him do those weird bits. Um, oh, boy. So I, I don't know what to say about that. He also says the vaccine almost killed him, like gave him a heart attack. So I'm obviously sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, it sucks. But, but, yeah, but I don't think the vaccine made you fuck up the Minifan no. world. I no. think the pressure think... got to him. Yes. I, yeah, got to be accountable. Kirk probably would like it a lot better if he was just like, hey, hand to God, I fucked up. My bad. You know, I took offense to some jokes. I know what it is. I know what this world is. And, you know, I had a momentary lapse in judgment. You know, and then maybe one day that Hall of Fame Minifan world will come again and he might be considered for it. Mm. And then, uh, I mean, Kevin just, I mean, he, he keeps, t- okay, so I've called out his Jennifer Grey stories before. You know, he claims to have, ki- you know, kissed Jennifer Grey and had this wild, you know, kissing session. And then all of a sudden I question it and then Montante brings it up on his show and all of a sudden Kevin start backpedaling, oh, it was just one kiss <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. So there's no way he kissed Jennifer Grey. I think we can draw a line through that. And then he goes even one step further. So Mike's like, give me another Hollywood story. Yep. And 
he just makes up this horseshit story about some actress asking him into his um, you know, caravan or van, the dressing room, and her reading lines while he eats her out. And then he just leaves, you know, and that's it. Like, like we're going to believe that, Kevin. Like, yeah. as if some famous actress is going to ask you and they'll be reading fucking American Psycho and letting you eat out her minge. I mean, you don't need to make up this bullshit. You no, know, you were we a you sniffing boy. Alison's crotch at the Wilbur. We all know what you like. <laughs> like, come on. I mean, and he was a Hall of Fame caller on the KMS show. I'm sorry, Kirk and Callahan, and he's been a Hall of Fame caller on this show. He should have just kept doing what he did because he was great at it. Now, you know, he's just the fall from grace has been real. It's like a steroid baseball player might never get into the Hall of Fame. And now he's just trying to become more uh, provocative or loud or eccentric just to try and get himself back into the world when just sometimes you just need to take a step back and then just go back to doing what you were doing. Kirk would respect it a lot more if he just takes a month off and then comes back, you know, c- comes back as Captain Hungwell for one, ta- one time and then just builds back into the characters. Go mm. back to doing what made you famous. Tim did it. Tim had a fall from grace after the 24 hours in Justin's car. Well, for Tim, it was two hours and 45 minutes. But, um, you know, Tim stepped back and just went back to doing the calls, you know, doing what he knows, what he does best. And that's what Kevin needs to do right now. That's what the Minifan world needs, these Hall of Fame callers to come back. Absolutely. Where is Trump? Yeah, you don't, don't need to make up these wild stories to impress us. No. Um, because we're just, you know, we're not believing it. So Yeah. And, and look, the other the, the other Minifan bit of content I want to shout out is um, the Bio Books show has been going on, like Bio Dude and Sigmund Freudahan uh, doing their sort of wrap-up review show. I mean, the last episode was terrible. I watched like five minutes of it. Um, you know, Bio Dude's fine, but Sigmund was like on AirPods. You could hardly hear him. The audio was terrible. Uh, but it's there. If you want to go and find it, they, they do talk some KMS. Um, they're not a great show, but it's there. And and I'm not. I'm glad somebody's doing something, um, unlike fucking Snell who disappeared as soon as uh, he didn't get a didn't job. Get job. Yeah. It. All right, he'll pop up questions. on Chris Clammer's podcast. What was that? He'll pop up on Chris Clammer's podcast at some yes, stage. Exactly. Yeah. All right, listener questions. The most popular segment on this show. The, well, the first one is Tim from Canton made a comment that the artwork of Minna Fandom needs to change because Clemmer's on it. This artwork was done by Warden of the North. I really like it. I like the sort of cartoon element of the Minna fans. I do have a lot of great snaps from my. Um, tour so perhaps we could do a new montage but i'll have to talk to my art director warden about that Tim. <laughs> great um, man right. warden. next question you can uh, you can start off with this one this is from rico bosco fan what's your favorite food to barbecue oh boy um it's different in australia like we don't do it as big as they do in america but i do love cooking barbecue chicken and a nice corn corn on the cob i love barbecue and that shit just butter over the top of it slowly roll it around over the thing, get a bit, you know, burnt on the outside. It's beautiful. And barbecue chicken, you can put it on rolls, hot dog buns, eat it normally, put it on a stick with some fucking vegetables. It's just the best. Okay, nice. I do love a good brisket. I just can't cook it. Okay. Yeah, we, we don't do we don't have the slow cooking barbecue yeah, no. tradition here. But I do love throwing a lamb cutlet or a lamb chop on the barbie and getting the, you know, the little bit of, you know, just as it starts to go a bit black, just before the cancer really kicks in there, um, you get that nice little seared flavour. All right, this is from Nipples, Gearhead Mike. Why shouldn't 
other than the ov- obvious Odyssey, Shattuck be a once a month? Well, I think we agree with you, Gearhead Mike. Yeah, I don't know reason, reason why not. Yeah, maybe not once a month, but definitely regularly. Mm. More than Whitney, although I love Whitney. Um, yeah, and he says he likes the episode. But we don't need the commentary, please, next time, Gearhead Mike. Just leave the question. Okay, so we've got a we've got a question here from Latino Kirk. Now you said to me beforehand you hate him. What did he do? What's happening? Uh, so we used to have a podcast with another Mina fan um, called Finding the Gap. I think they still do it. If you want to listen to it, listen to it. It's not as good without me. But uh, I was going through a real rough patch mentally with my mental health, and I was you know I couldn't do the show certain weeks, and both of them basically put shit on me for being weak minded and not being able to do the show, and you know I just wasn't going to stand for that shit, so I left. Right, so so yeah, okay. So finding the gap. Uh, what, what's his soccer podcast? Formula One. Form, uh, Formula One. Yeah, and who was it? Ulk and who? Macho Beast. I don't know if he's oh, still yeah, that, okay, yeah. but he, he was yeah. Macho Beast at the time. So yeah, you know, met but, yeah. him in Boston. I have a feeling. Um, okay, and and yeah. how long ago did you quit? Uh, it was around the time when I broke up with my long-term girlfriend, so well over a year now. So okay, I was still struggling so you- with that and couldn't do shows and stuff because you know I just wasn't up for it. I was really, it I was really struggling. Pardon? You weren't in the headspace. Nah, no, nah, no way. Not to be in depth as we were. So yeah, I just said, look, I can't do this show. It was a couple of weeks, and then they started putting shit on me for it. And I'm just like, yeah, no, nah, fuck this, I'm out. Like I'm not going to stand for that. I mean, this I'm is the sure minifan world. Just joking? We're Surely no. they weren't serious. <laughs> no. Nah. No, nah, it was very serious. And, um, you know, this is the Minifan world. When we when people go through this type of stuff, we're supposed to understand it because our, mm. our Lord and Savior goes through it a lot. But, yeah, I just, you know, I definitely noticed the uh, viewership dropped when I left, though. Wow. Well, LK's been absent from the Minifan world. He's one I didn't get to meet, unfortunately, him or Ned. Um, his question to you is, is Jamie wearing a Lando shirt? Is that in joke about something? No, I just like the British drivers in the Formula One. Lando's one of them. He's probably the best that we've got at the moment. That's not Lewis okay. Hamilton, but uh, yeah. And I know Danny Ricciardo is shit. I accept right. that now. And is he finally ready to admit that Rick sucks at Danny Ricciardo? Um, yeah. Well, I'm not going to get in the middle of this beef, um, Jamie, um, but <laughs> I would say try and try and make peace because I think sometimes when we're so far away things get lost in translation. And I, I don't think they would generally, you know, Elko's not a smart guy. There's no way he would understand <laughs> your problems. You know, you know, he's, he's, you know, swum across a river to a new, to get a new life. And now um, he's living that life and he doesn't care about other people. All right. Next question. This is from Minnehaha, oh, the queen, Lauren, um, beautiful Lauren from Maine, yep. who I've been thinking a lot about lately as, you know, I really miss her. I do. I really miss her. Uh, I wish I could. I hope. I wish I can go to the Portland show next year in Maine. Run, Lauren. make you know Run. <laughs> a month of it. Just stay there for a month and never <laughs> leave Portland. Uh, okay, so this is from Lauren. Beautiful Lauren. Beautiful, smart, intelligent Lauren. Is Does she have Snell? A <laughs> no, I'm saying all that. Is Snell over? Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. He's annoyed Kirk too much. Lauren, we kind of touched on this before. How is it that Shattuck has a younger, lovely wife? I mean, kidnapping. Is it legal yeah. over in America? Because that's, I mean, I can't. And we're not taking into account, like, where's Alice come from? Like, she could be from childhood trauma, a broken home. She could have been homeless. Maybe, you know, she was just desperate <laughs> yeah. for a roof over her head. 
Um, but I do think she had a father in her life growing up. I believe she's talked about it. So that can't be it. Can't be daddy issues. But uh, yeah, who knows? You know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm something. Stockholm syndrome, brainwashing, grooming, and they're all sort of rational explanations. I mean, um, Tom could have a huge wrench. Like, who knows? I mean, he can't find it right now, but he may have one. So <laughs> that could be it. His massive cock. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, look, uh, and then as I said before, I think she just told the the the, the pussy over him, like, "You're not getting in here until we get married." Yeah. She could see um, a huge star in radio in the future that. Has yeah, maybe Tom lied about like, how much money he had as well. Like, oh, that's yeah, very yeah, real possibility. Money, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's an often one, often a, a consideration. I'm um, all right, another question from Lauren, lovely Lauren. Will you be doing a show with Andy Mayo soon? Well, I hope so. Andy Mayo doesn't want to do too many minor fandoms because he's right. He says the more he talks, the more likely he is to say something really, really stupid <laughs> that's going to upset Kirk. And I have to say I 100% agree with him because some of yeah. the shit that Mayo sends me in DMs is just wild. And I think, fuck, if you said that some minor fandom, Kirk would be wishing brain cancer on you, fucking death. He'd wish all your kids to die. Like he would wish everything on you. You should not do a show where you just with with Andy Mayer where you just read out those DMs. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> they're not fit for publishing, uh, especially ones about Lauren. Anyway, oh, one time um, they can do it then. Uh, this is from my former co-host Red. Um, thoughts and prayers with Red, who used to come on here before. Um, I don't know. He got told he couldn't. Um, all right. So this is his question: Which fat guy would you rather do coke with? John Belushi, oh. Dave Portnoy. Chris Farley or Tom Shattuck? Now, Red, it's a really good question because, you know, great foursome to choose from. Oh, yeah. But my problem is with Tom Shattuck, I just couldn't keep up with him. Like, he is a wild man. He would yep. be fucking, like, munching those lines. I would have a heart attack. I just wouldn't be able to keep up with Tom Shattuck. You know, I need to do it with someone like, you know, John Belushi, who's kind of mild, who was mild compared to what Tom is now. I mean, when you compare him to Tom Shattuck, he was definitely mild, but, you know, he did pretty much do it till he died. I, I almost want to say Chris Farley just because it would be awesome to go on a night out with him, but I think if I wanted to survive a night, I'd probably have to say Dave Portnoy. Eventually the old man's going to tire out and he's going to fall asleep around 11 no matter how mm. much is in his system. And you, the Adderall would survive the night. wear off. Yeah, the Adderall would yeah definitely wear off and you might finally be able to. And, you know, Silvana might, you know, crack the leash a bit more and you might actually survive the night. The other three, I mean, I'm not keeping up with either of them, but I think Dave Portnoy is my answer. And he'll pay too. He loves wasting money. So, I'm going John Belushi. Uh, that's who I'd rather work with because I was a massive Blues Brothers fan. And yeah, Adam Winehouse, he was awesome. All right, final question. This is from Ironhead, one Craig Oconey. Yeah, How many more months until the pain of the Queen's death passes so for those listening um in the united states of america we were given a public holiday uh so it's friday today we were given a public holiday on thursday uh, just a bonus public holiday because of the queen's death and it it actually been made a law by a previous government that when the monarch dies you have to give a public holiday and you know it's, it would make sense to go okay we'll give the public holiday on the day of the funeral but the funeral was on monday so yeah. we had the funeral on monday and then we just had randomly thursday off which was supposed to be a day of mourning and looking at my cafe you know with the people munching <laughs> on their bacon and eggs enjoying the sun having a great day off didn't come across as a day of mourning not to mention you know everything pretty much ran to normal like the public transport didn't change 
and school holiday starts at the like it's Friday today. It's this is the last day of school, so why would you do it on a Thursday? Why not just put it on the Friday so it can start the school holidays early? It was just really weird, but I'm glad we had it. So yeah. well, you know and, why they didn't uh, do it on the Friday? Yeah, I can tell you why. Because in Victoria, it's a public Friday, holiday Friday. today because of the football yep. on the weekend. So get this. So Americans will not get believe this, but in Victoria, which is the capital of Australian football, like AFL, our yep, good code. <laughs> The day, the the Friday before the grand final, everyone's given the day off. So America, that's like on the Friday before the Super Bowl, everyone beginning the day off the work to get ready. Can you imagine how good that'd be <laughs> if everyone was given the Friday off before the su- Super Bowl just or just to make you guacamole? I mean, just a that's, massive we do it tailgate. right in Australia. We do it right here. Yeah. Come down under. You'll criticise us for our vaccines and our laws. You would love it here. All you right wing Republicans, oh, yeah. there's there's no border. We're surrounded by water. People yeah, want to get here, they have to swim through sharks and crocodiles. You yeah. would all love it, you fucking lunatics. The Irukandji jellyfish is going to pick you off and you're not even going to know what happened. Yeah, and the best thing is they do it on a Saturday as well, the final, so that you get all Sunday to recover from your hangover when my team, the Mighty Geelong Cats, wins the game. So, you know, Super Bowl Sunday, that's good and all, but you have to go to work Monday morning and I'm mm. guessing a lot of people don't, but do it on a Saturday. Yeah, and, and then – We do it right. I, I look – and sort of talking about, you know, the Queen's death, uh, it actually didn't affect me at all. Like, I just did not care. And that's not that I'm anti-royals or for royals. I'm sort of non-plussed about it. But what really got me was when someone told me that James Bond will now be working for on His Majesty's Secret Service, not Her Majesty's yeah. Secret Service. And for someone that has been Bond-obsessed my whole life, that's a big change. He ne- the next Bond is going to be for His Majesty's Secret Service. Just soak that in, listener. I mean, for me, being part of an English family, it was, you know, I, I had Thursday off for work, but my old man rang me up and said, you better be making sure that that day stays the day off. And my goal was to just go fishing with my mates yesterday, which didn't happen because of the weather. But it hit, like, just because, you know, my entire life she's been the queen. She's been the leader of, you know, England, the UK, the Commonwealth, and now she's gone. And we'll – and Someone raised it to me the other day. He said, in our lifetime, we'll never have another queen because the second Charles kicks it, William becomes king. The second he cocks it, his son George, I think it is, he becomes king and he's going to outlive me for sure. So gone are the days of the queen. It's probably never going to happen. Well, not for a long time, long after I'm dead and gone. But that was just a weird thing to think. Yeah, I mean, I think now the royal family should fucking – just piss off. I mean, she was the last great bastion of, uh, if, well, not even great. She was a, a throwback to a different era. I mean, who the if, fuck is Charles? You know, look what he did to Diana. I mean, just like yeah. give me a break. And, and like Australia should be a republic and the fucking, they should just run over fucking the, what, what is the palace? Uh, Buckingham Palace? Fucking, yeah, just Buckingham Palace. Fucking run it over with a truck now. Nah, we gone. need to keep the monarchy because, you know, when you yeah. leave the monarchy, it doesn't work out well for you. Look at America. Um <laughs> Although there are a lot of things right. Let's let's wrap like. up the monarchy. We, we'll go this, you know, that's sort of that that last three minutes you could insert into Montante's world or all aboard, and it would be a very boring three minutes but of this. To show. answer the question, about ten or twelve more weeks, Craig. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll be over it. All right, let's wrap it up with um our pop culture segment. What have Red's parents been watching in heaven? Uh with Charlie on their lap. Oh my god. Uh, so I, I've been watching Andor. So the Star Wars show Andor started and the first three episodes. And uh, this is going to be a spoiler-free review, so just quick little hits, my my quick takes and maybe some more in-depth stuff when everyone's watched it. No complaints about Andor except 
they they split what would have been one really good debut episode into three parts. So they made it like three 30-minute episodes when it really was one fantastic hour and a half. A movie that length shouldn't have been half. interrupted. That would have been better. I am actually going to be watching it this afternoon because I realize it's streamed today, so I can't fucking wait. I'm glad to hear you say you've got no complaints other than, you know, the way they've planned out the first three. Yeah, you just need to watch all three at once because it's a nice Yeah, that's what I'm going to do, yeah. I just don't know why they didn't do that, just make it one debut episode. A feature-length opening, you know, like an hour and a half. They they did it with Game of the Thrones every season. It would go for an hour and a half. Like, it's easy to do, but Mm. at least you said it was good, so I'm looking forward to it. I found another show as well called Reboot, which is a comedy on – I'm watching it on Disney+, Plus, but that'll be on Hulu for Americans. It's by the creator of Modern Family, and it's about a TV show, that a sitcom that is coming back after 30 years off air, like, you know, Reboot. And uh, it's got uh, Keegan-Michael – Key? Key? Hey, yeah. That's it, isn't it? What's his yeah. name? Is that his name? Yeah, Keegan Michael. Key and Peel. Key and Peel. Yeah. It's got him in it. Um, there's three episodes on Disney Plus here, but it's on Hula in America. Very funny. Good half an hour's TV. So reboot. I think you'd like that one too, Jamie. Yeah, it sounds like it's a, a bit of a Boy Meets World reboot to tighten. Mm, have you been watching anything? Um, I've been going binge watching Family Guy just because it's fucking stupid and funny. Uh, and okay. House of the Dragon. I think okay. I haven't watched this week's episode, but I'm loving it. Like it's just as good as Game of Thrones was. I'm glad they kept the title the same, like the title of the like intro. Um, mm. I don't know how they would have done it differently. It would have been smashed if they did. But yeah, I'm, I'm loving House of the Dragon and looking forward to getting into Andor. So okay, well, Lauren recommends House of Dragon, and I'm just not a Game of Thrones guy. I watched the oh, first man. episode of House of Dragon and kind of fell asleep. So I'm not sure yet. I might go and revisit it but i am watching ring of power the lord of rings show i'm gonna get it i don't have amazon at the moment so okay Um, i had to get paramount so you wait what what? you had had to to get get paramount Paramount because you know the football season here is starting again soon so i had to i can't have all of them i mean i've got i've got quite a few now paramount does a deal here where you can just pay for the whole year for like 70 bucks or something well being a member of a football club here, as I am with Sydney FC, you get the code. They just haven't given me the code yet. So the second I get the free code for the year, cancel subscription, then I'll bring Amazon Prime in because I want to watch Rings of Power. So the I've watched the, the, yeah, watch the first four episodes of Ring of Power and it's just enough there to keep me there because, like, I want to watch wow. it because it's the most expensive TV show ever and I just want to see what that looks like. And I'm four episodes in. And the last episode was the best. And I feel like it's building to a really good climax. But mm. I could see, like, I, I, after three episodes, I was, like, sitting on the fence. Do I keep going or do I drop off? And then the last episode was pretty good. So I'm going to keep going, but they really need to land the plane. They really need to <laughs> land the plane. Like a Tom Shattuck story. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of landing the planes, I did finish Yellow Jacket season one and – Easily one of my top three shows of this year to watch. Um, loved it. I thought they landed the plane pretty well. I, I, I thought there'd be more of a definitive conclusion at the end of the season, but I can't wait for season two. Yeah, I've heard Kirk talk about that too, so I'm like, I might have to just dive in and watch it. But That's on Paramount. Is it? Oh, I thought it was on Stan. Yellow Jacket's on Paramount, America, and Nathan For You is on Paramount. The Nathan Fielder show that Kirk was talking about. So I've almost finished that. That he liked, eh? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm almost. I'm just about to start season four, because Nathan Fee is one of those funny shows. It's so dry that you actually can't binge watch a few in a row because that you, you just watch the, one. The humor is so dry, you really need one or two, and then you need a break because it's so intense. Um, and finally, um, I watched. Can you believe this? I'd never seen Creed, the Rocky movie. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, I watched. I've never it for seen the first a Rocky time. movie. I had to pay. For, you never seen a Rocky movie? No. <laughs> oh my god! It's they on my list so of things good. to do. I want to oh watch them. Oh my but god! I Growing never... up, the Rocky movies, which whenever they were on TV, it was just like the best night. You'd be there, fucking boxing away in your living room, copying him, and oh, so good. I so, will do I hadn't it. Seen, I hadn't seen Creed. It just I missed the first one, and then second one come out, and like I got to see it anyway. Saw it for the first time, really liked it. Um, I'm going to see Creed 2 this weekend. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if you haven't seen it, go and see that. it. i, I got to get into the Rockies. I mean, I'm only 32, so it's not like a lot of people my age probably grew up with the Rocky movies. They've probably all seen them by now. Just I was a TV guy over movies. So, But I'm growing. I'm growing with age. I'm appreciating movies now. I only saw The Godfather like two weeks ago. Okay. Do you like so. it? <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. It was a little slow, but I mean, I got to remember it was what made in the 60s. So mm. it's not going to be what we have these days. And, you know, my generation's attention span is incredibly sl- small. So, but I thought it was really good. I'm looking forward to doing number two. So I'll, uh, then I'll get into the Rockies, I guess. Okay, good. All right. I look forward to hearing about it. Well, anything else you want to add, Jamie, before we wrap this up? No, not really. Keep blind. Yeah. Well, make blind, make three days a week. Make it happen. Yep. Good call. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to this edition of Minna Fandom, another wild show. Next week, who knows? He'll be on trying to go and get some fresh faces. Um, got a, I've got a pretty busy roster the next few weeks, so it's just trying to sort of tee up um, windows where I can get Americans in. So nice having someone on this. Who? Get very good, very good Craig. I think he'd be going good. He'd be, he'd be pretty Craig? Good. Yeah, from Very Good Show. Craig Oconey? Yeah, how can he be good? <laughs> No, I mean, very good show is a very good show, so as they say in the title, so it's not. All right, well, we've ended really (laughs) badly. Thank you, Jamie.